Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You looking for an online sports book with fast payouts and easy to use interface? Look no further than mybookie.ag. Payouts in only two business days, the best customer service out there, the best odds, and even live betting. Go take a look for yourself at mybookie.ag, and once you figure out that it's the best, sign up with promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from WinningCuresEverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome and This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What up, what up? Winning Cures Everything, number 189. This is the January 24th, Wednesday night edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. We have Chris back from Las Vegas. How fantastic is this? Man, it's good to be home. <laughs> I can and only imagine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so let me go on and toss this out there before we start talking NFL, because tonight we are going to talk about uh, about your stories from the desert. We're going to talk about uh, the NFL championship games, the conference championship games, and uh, and then discuss a little bit of the uh the super bowl we're going to preview just a touch so uh first things first the michigan state school president has officially resigned that story just literally broke uh after what we talked about last week does that surprise you at all no it doesn't i'm a little shocked that it's taken as long as it has uh as as many details that have come out about this case yeah i kind of feel the same way I kind of feel the same way. It's, it, I, I understand why it took so long, um, because obviously you want to see what happens with the sentencing. You want to see more stuff. But as as more stuff came out, uh, there was more and more damning evidence. You knew it was going to be bad, uh, and it just got worse and worse. Like it just everything that that came out was was absolutely awful. Um, you know, it, it, it's something that needed to happen. I think we can all agree on that. That that needed to happen. Uh, the sentencing was 
uh, 40 years with, uh, I believe, another 175 years. And the judge came out and stated, uh, uh, the judge told him that uh, uh, I just signed your death warrant, basically. So no death penalty here, but um, but he, he will he will die in jail. There's no chance for parole, uh, no chance to get out. So yeah, uh, you know, it, it's definitely not a feel good story, but it's uh, I think it ended up the way that it probably should have. Okay, so you and I work in the the dirty business of college football and basketball a little bit. Yeah, and and we understand some of these things. Can you imagine? We know that things happen that are ugly, and coaches and administration kind of cover up for them, turn a the blind eye, whatever. We saw how long and rampant it happened at Baylor. We know that some details of Penn State got out, and and you know, Joe Paterno and, and other members of the school kind of looked the other way for some pretty heinous and disgusting acts. Yeah. I cannot imagine, and and this is going to make me sound like a monster, I understand how much money and power and influence, how much money the, the, the football program brings to a school and how much power and influence a football coach has, even over its own administration, its own bosses, okay, to make them be willing to compromise all morals and, and all things right to cover something like that up or to just look away. I cannot understand for the life of me why you would risk your job, your reputation, or the safety of these girls to cover up for gymnastics at a college level. Can you explain that to me? I The only thing that I can think of is having the tie-in to USA Gymnastics. You know, you attract the best of the best because you are tied in to that and what and does that bring you though it's gymnastics that i, I agree with you i agree 100 percent. i don't like I, I know i'm making it sound like it's okay to do it for football but but at least i understand because it's not it's absolutely not but i understand because you're talking about bringing you post an article today about alabama bringing a hundred million dollars of revenue like and all the power and influence that they wield, right? I I don't approve of it, but I at least understand human nature. I, I don't get this at all. None of it makes sense to me. There there's no real money that that becomes you know a part of this. I, I wonder if if being tied or, or influence in anything other than gymnastics. Well, the the Olympic so. So the Olympic side of things, it is a great ordeal to be a part of uh, USA gymna- or USA Olympic sports, right? Yeah, and, and it always has been. It's why NBA players go to play for their country and all that, oh, okay. and and something I, I like that. I understand the Olympic side of it, which, which is which is where all this comes yeah. into because Larry Nasser has been involved with USA gymnastics for what 30, 40 years. Yes. So he has, you know, he has the end there, and, and it's, I don't understand what the influence would be. I don't get it, but but part of me can see where they would trust him, right? Yeah, I guess, man. That's, it's so hard. I'm going to equate, I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody of anything like this, 
but Stanford is like that equivalency in in Olympic swimming, right? Like right. they have the best girl swimmers in the world. There is no way on earth that I would risk the reputation of my school or my job or anything like that to protect college. Because because remember, Stanford doesn't get any money from the Olympics. All they Agreed. get is a little bit of free advertising for other Olympic swimmers to maybe choose Stanford over another school. But that's it. Like, that is it. I'm not risking my entire school reputation for that. Yeah. I understand. Like, that's, and, that's and why know, most of this doesn't the, make sense. Even, yeah. Even asking the question sounds like I'm justifying, you know, a big sport like football or basketball that bring in so much money that, that it's okay for those guys to do heinous, horrible things. It's, it's not. But at least I understand human nature as to people being afraid for their jobs, their livelihoods, and maybe even their safety in some of these places, depending on how much power these guys wield. I, you know, I don't know. But anyway, it, it, it's it's pretty disgusting. Um, I, I saw somewhere where he had the nerve to approach the judge or write a letter to the judge talking about how having all these accusers coming forward is like, putting a lot of stress on him and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, what in the hell is wrong with this guy? Yeah, that it, I, I didn't understand what his reasoning for that would be. I mean, it, you you deserve no sympathy points. You, well, you get what it no is, sympathy. And, and I'm not, look, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know the answer. But but I've been around some, some pretty horrible people in my life, some I'm related to. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just a, a rough situation. And I'll tell you that it's just an ultimate sign of a narcissist, just a complete sociopath. Like, he, he doesn't see that he did anything wrong, and what these people are doing to him is just so mean, and it's not fair. And normal people look at that and say, this guy, this guy's sick. Like, this guy's ridiculous. Like, we need to find a hole and push him in it and just bury him and move on with society. Yes, I, I agree. I agree 100%. So, all right, let's move off of that. Let's uh, let's talk right quick about uh, the Titans hiring a new head coach, Mike Vrabel. Defensive, what do you think of this defensive coordinator from the Houston Texans? Um, you know, I I like the hire. I think that Vrabel can be a star. That's that's what I like. I think that he is open. And so I understand that he's a good defensive coach. Um, obviously, I mean he's been with the Texans for a little bit. He is uh, like he knows what he's doing. At the same time, um, you know, I wish that they had gone maybe a little more with a creative offensive mind. But I think that he is willing and open to to finding that that offensive coordinator, right? So I know that they talked to Ryan Day, uh, who is now staying at Ohio State. Um so I don't, you know, I don't know what they're going to do there. Ryan Day was the co-offensive coordinator along with uh what what's the former Indiana coach's name? Kevin White, Kevin what was his name? Yeah, I know yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Uh Wilson, Kevin Wilson. Yeah. That's so it. so I know that he was there with him and now Kevin Wilson is no longer the offensive coordinator. Ryan Day is the full offensive coordinator. So like the positions have changed, he got a raise, all that kind of stuff because Ryan Day was talked about uh, as as being possibly connected to the job, 
And he would have been great because he comes from the Chip Kelly tree, right? And that's that's where Marcus Mariota really thrived. That's where he came from. I don't know how well that system necessarily would work in the NFL, but I do feel like that's what Marcus Mariota was great at. And I, I, I think that I've got trust in Vrabel to be able to find the guy that can, that can push the right buttons and put Mariota and those players in the right system. I believe 100% in John Robinson, the GM. I, I think that he will be able to get more and more talent and he will be able to to put that team together to continue to grow. And I don't think that it was Mike Malarkey that, that got them into the playoffs, that got them a playoff win. I think it was Mariota and, and Derrick Henry and those players. Like, I, I think they won in spite of the coach, and I think they'll continue to get better. I mean, they, they, it's a good group of players. I think I agree with you. Um, I, I, I actually... I think GM's done a really good job so far. I'm anxious. Being a Pats guy, followed Vrabel's career forever. Man, I, I, I just wonder. He's got no head coaching experience whatsoever. And, I mean, he he's kind of limited on defensive coordinator experience. You know, he's got a lot more in college than he does in the pros. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um but I, I do think he's a young guy. He's fiery. I, I mean, I like the hire. I, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan. He's a, I hope a confident young man. Like a well. superb I mean, they've athlete. got talent. They're getting better. Um, and the organization's done a great job picking players. Yes, they really have. They they continue to do well. Uh, I, I think it's. I think this is a successful uh, marriage. And, and obviously, if he screws it up, they have no problem with firing somebody after a couple of years because that's what they did with Malarkey. Uh, so I, I think they they could end up doing that again. So I would have no problem with that. All right, let's talk about your trip to uh, to Las Vegas. Um, hey, baby. Tell me, tell me how everything went. Tell me what what your biggest memory of it was. Uh, you know, let's let's get into some of these things. I, I want to know what it was like getting out there. Tell me, tell me how you felt when you first got out there. Getting getting out there uh, was nice. We got out Saturday afternoonish, eveningish kind of thing, and uh, of course you lo- uh, you gained a couple hours, um, so that helped. And uh, Saturday was pretty laid back. Uh, told you I went and saw some magic shows while we were there. Yep. Uh, yep. Saw David Copperfield. That was you know. Eh, you know he's a big name, and and we we you know we didn't have anything else to do Saturday night. The ticket for the show we wanted to see absent was all sold out for the whole week, so we uh, we just kind of went with you know let's go with a big name guy and and just kind of see if he lives up to the hype. It was okay, it was good, not great. Probably wasn't worth the money. Would do it again, <laughs> but it was it was a Saturday night out, and we were just getting in town and had a good time. Gotcha. Sunday, Sunday was all about football. Woke up, went ate breakfast. Of course, games start real early there. It was right at noon, and uh, got to the Westgate. They have a huge theater, holds fifteen hundred people, and we are beginning to watch this game. And I'm loving listening to, to Romo and Nance kind of do the pregame stuff, break it down. I see Tom's hand. It looks like. All the reports were dead wrong on the thumb. Like, they were like, it's on his knuckle, but it looks like it's under his thumb, not on top of his thumb. Anyway, um, but it didn't look bad. Like, it, it, he looked fine throwing footballs. 
uh, I thought Jim Nance made the comment that he was like being real ginger with shaking people's hands and, and kind of careful with it before the game. And literally as he said that, I see him like slap guys on the helmet and like high five guys and stuff. <laughs> like and he was not being tender whatsoever. And I'm thinking he's not being gentle at all. This is going to be fine. <laughs> and uh, so, so that was a, that was a little strange. Let me, let me give you the critique of the, the Westgate and their, their awesome stadium. Okay. Screen amazing it is the imax size screen oh uh during during the regular season they have two smaller screens next to it and they split those screens up and they have one main game on with the sound and the big one and then you can watch the the rest of the games all at the same time and then like when one the main game goes to commercial they rotate it uh the, the main screen back and forth and I was thinking, okay, this is going to be cool. i got one game. I'm going to listen to Romo and Nance. That's who I want to listen to, go through the game. And I did not get to do that as well as I thought I would. Because after every big play, some nutsack that they have running this thing <laughs> grabs a microphone, turns it on, which immediately kills the sound, and makes some dumb juvenile com- like comment or whatever. And, and it was just, A, if you're going to do that, you better be funny. Agree. Romo is better than you. I promise. Just shut up and let him do it. And the reason the microphone setup is there is because every commercial break, they do like little drawings. They give tickets out and all this stuff. And, and, and so he get he does the drawings during the commercial break. That's not a problem. I don't have any, I don't need to hear the commercials. That's no big deal. But, but when the game is going on, after every big play, I didn't get to hear a single call from Nance Oromo at all because he kicks the mic on so fast and he immediately goes into, um, you know, his his dumb little jokes. Yeah, give me an example. Can you give me an example of, of like, a oh, big yeah, play like, okay, and, so and what the, he said? So the, okay, so, like, uh, the – Blake Royals made a really good play, or what? Oh, the fade pass into the end zone to the wide open touchdown. Okay. For like the second touchdown for them to go up, I think that would have made it fourteen three at the time. Yeah. And he was like, Blake Royals sending dick pics to Giselle Bunchin right now as we speak, guys. Ha ha ha. And he like turned it off. I'm thinking, that that's <laughs> like what are you what are you doing? Like that's awful. And then that's a bad and, joke. And I looked at my buddy, and the first thing I said was, "Is I know my team's losing, and this isn't looking great." Am I just being like a sourpuss, or is this guy really annoying? And he, who's, who bet large sums of money on the Jags, says, no, this is awful. I kind of want to leave and go, <laughs> go watch it at the bar where I don't have to listen to that guy. And, and we can, you know, you know, play, you know, play a, they have like a, you know, the internet roulette or craps game or whatever where you can and right in front of the bar. Yeah. And he was like, I, I would rather do that than listen to this dude. I was really excited about listening to Romo. And uh, so I was like, okay, that that is like the only flaw in it, because other than that, in that room, they have its own little like uh, uh, like food little place. Right. Beer, you get buckets of beer, five buckets of beer, uh, five bottles of beer for 15 bucks. Super reasonable in Vegas. Yeah, that's and three bucks of beer. Like, chicken. Yeah. Then they had like chicken tenders and uh, pretzels and uh, like like big pretzels. And like uh, little personal pizzas and stuff, and all that was like six bucks. I mean, it was it was all pretty dang cheap in comparison to eating in Vegas, and it was pretty good. And you didn't have to. You had this huge monster theater. So so all in all, it was 
it was a pretty great setup. They just need to punch that guy in the face and find somebody better to do that job. <laughs> so that's my biggest critique of that. The the game, I'm going to break down the game. You want, I'll, I'll keep telling you about Vegas. Yeah, keep telling me about Vegas. We'll, we'll take a commercial before we okay. uh, before we jump into the games. Funnest, funnest night of the trip. Funnest okay. night of the trip. I can, I can tell you everything, you know. Some some things need to remain. That's a, what, what's the up, slogan like? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, it, I'm, I'm going to spill the beans on most of it. We didn't get <laughs> problem. We, I, I would tell you this was probably the tamest trip of all. Uh, you know, we we didn't get too crazy. I'm, I've gotten kind of too old for that crap. Some of it, but, Ooh, but we had a good time. That's so that's we, awful. <laughs> so, so we wake up. So we wake up Monday morning, and this is probably my funnest day, single day in Vegas. Wake up Monday morning. I, I'm an old man. I can't sleep. I wake up at like seven in the morning. Okay. Partners still packed out in the bed. So I stroll down across the street from where we're staying. Is now, hold on, hold on. Did you did you wake up at seven a.m. Vegas time or seven a.m. Yeah. like central? Oh, seven a.m. Vegas time, baby. Okay, okay. That's that's yeah. not so bad because that's like nine a.m. here. That's fine. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's still seven a.m. when I got to bed at like one. So that's that's still an old man move. Agreed. So, so I so I go go across the street to the Venetian, getting a little poker game, you know, win back some of the money I lost the day before. Hey, let and me I, let me tell you about uh, about the Venetian right quick. So okay. the last time that I was in Vegas, uh, two three two years ago, three years three years ago, I think. Um, and so one of the guys that I went with, uh, sat down. He had lost about I want to say like four hundred bucks. Uh, you know, just earlier in the day. He sat down at a war table, like like the war card game. Okay, I've never heard of that. That's a, where, where highest card wins, right? Oh, I know the game, but I've yeah. never heard of it in Vegas other they, than in the dumb like Chevy Chase movie. They've got it at the Palazzo and they got it at the Venetian. And I swear to you, this dude sits down and wins like fifteen hundred bucks in war. Like, the payout, if you actually have to go to war, like, say you both end up, like, the dealer and you both lay down, like, a 10. So yep. then you got to go to war. So you put in another ante, well, then it pays, like, four times. So it's, like, four to one rather than oh, one wow. to one. So he laid down his next ante and was up to, like, 200 bucks. It paid. He did it twice. Twice. And he ends up hitting both of them. And then he won several more hands. He walked away with fifteen hundred dollars in like fifteen minutes. That's a that's a pretty good, pretty good move there. I didn't I didn't have any of those moves this weekend. There you go. It wasn't it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a big money gambling weekend uh, for me. It wasn't a big loser though either. I mean, this is probably the least I've ever lost in Vegas, other than the one time I won big. Well, that's good. So yeah, uh, but no. So so we're just kind of putting around most of the day, right? Right. Now, is this on uh, Sunday or is this on Monday? This is Monday. This is after, Monday. This is after, after the games. The, Sunday, all, literally all we did was do football all day, and then we went to a super nice steakhouse, uh, prime steakhouse in uh, the Blasio. Pretty great. Did uh, um, Did you take uh, Little Tom with you? No, no. Little Tom only goes to games. Okay, so so but you took him to the uh, – Oh, oh, he went to Vegas. And he was at with me. He sat with me in the theater the entire time. For those that don't know, Chris carries a little Tom uh, figurine. Is it's it a, is it a bobblehead? No, it's a Clark doll. Clark doll. That's it. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, he carries it for. It's like his good luck charm for every game. A buddy of ours, uh, Fletchy, supports the show. Take care of us. 
Okay. He bought it for me the day of our fantasy football draft this past year. And uh, he's always kind of getting me random gifts, which which makes me feel special. He's a good dude, good friend. And uh, <laughs> so I, I made a point this year. I went and watched a couple of games at Buffalo Wild Wings, brought him with me. Went to Dan McGinnis, brought him with me. If I'm watching the Pats game, Lil Tom was there with me. So I made sure when I packed everything up, Lil Tom was there. And uh, okay. he, he, he came with me, watched all the games. So that was that. But, no, so we went and ate this great steakhouse that was good and, and then just kind of bebopped around the strip uh, uh, Sunday. Sunday was pretty – watching the game the way I watched it and the way it happened, the fact that they trailed the entire game until two minutes and 40-something seconds left. Kind of like the uh, the felt, national championship game, right? I felt like I had ran a marathon. I, I was I was exhausted. I was so glad the Eagles game. I'd lost every bet I had was tied to the Vikings. Every <laughs> single bet I had. I, I lost so much money on the Vikings losing and did not care. I was so glad it was a blowout and unwatchable because after, golly, about five minutes into the second quarter, I looked at my buddy and I was just like, do you want to stay for this whole game? Because neither one of us really care about either of these teams. And he was like, let's get out of here. I was I was exhausted after the Pats game. And all I did was sit on my ass for three hours and watch a football game. <laughs> but it, it, just, it stressed me out. For once, I, I know Tom's the greatest of all time. I know that, that, that no lead in the history of the world is safe. One time, just beat the hell out of somebody so I don't have to do this. That's all I want. That's all I want is for one time. For it just to be twenty four to nothing, and and I know that they're not blowing that lead, and I can just sit back and enjoy, have a few drinks, and 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 you know live it up. That's that's all I want. Well, I mean that's that's what the Titans game was, right? No, well, it wasn't that bad, but it no, was, it wasn't it was that bad, bad. But it, I mean, you knew it, before the I game started, you knew about, what the outcome was. I was not worried about the Titans game. I, I'm, I guess I'm talking more about the games that I that that I actually am afraid that we'll, they'll lose, that they actually have a chance of losing. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so so talk to me. Anyway, talk to um, me about Monday. So you you've gone down to uh, you've gone down to the Venetian, and you're you're playing poker yep. and whatnot. You're just kind of putting around, uh, and then what yeah, goes down from there? We're, we're hanging out, and so that night we're going to see a show from a dude that was on America's Got Talent, and I follow Penn and Teller. I've worshipped them. Uh, I've read Penn's book. I, I, those guys those guys are what got me to love magic 20 years ago. Okay. okay. This dude is kind of a disciple of, of theirs. Penn and him are really good friends. They're on each other's shows all the time, and they help each other out. Uh, I think they're actually working on a TV show. Uh, Penn and Teller already have a magic TV show. comes on the W see they are working on the same like like another version of that together so his name is piff the magic dragon piff google him look him up he's he's hilarious how, he's how do you British spell it dude p-i-f-f okay piff the magic dragon he he dresses up in a dragon costume he's got this little dog named mr piffles and <laughs> he is incredible his magic is good. I haven't laughed as hard as I laughed in an hour and a half at that show in my entire life. I like it. It, it was it was the funniest show. 
one of them I've ever been to, and it's not just a him him up there cracking jokes. He brings about a third of the audience up on stage at a certain point in time just to do different tricks throughout the whole night. And and if they don't follow him, so, I mean, he he roasts everybody. And it's it's like personal and specific to that person. So this is not like playing stuff that, you know, you can write out material and just go be funny every night. The improvisational skills that he has to make people laugh and to make the joke, the right joke at the right time, every time, was just better than anyone I've ever seen do it. It was so good. I've never laughed that hard in my life. Uh, that shows at the Flamingo. After that, we hung out at the Flamingo um, and uh, got in a little bit of shenanigans then. We'll leave that one there. But that, that game... <laughs> That that show that night just overall uh, was was just one of the most relaxing times I've ever had in Vegas. Worth, at no worth the whole trip, Monday, right? Yes. At no point in time Monday did my stress level rise to anything. No, not like nothing was late. Every Uber ride we took was was on time and easy and comfortable. Everything we you know every place we went to eat was just everything went the way we needed to go. It was just the smoothest, easiest day of vacation I've ever had in my life. And, and it's kind of hard to explain. And then the show, that's my favorite show I've ever been to in Vegas. I've seen a lot. I've seen a bunch of them. That'll be one that I'll go back to again. How many, uh, how many sports books did you actually get to see? Uh, the Barrage, the Venetian, um, MGM Grand, and Westgate. And Treasure Island's where we stay, but they don't they don't have a real sport. I mean they do, it's fine. It's just a lot smaller than all the rest of those. Gotcha. Did you make bets at, at all of them or, or just one or two? Oh no. We we just kinda walked through them. No, we pretty much gambled for the for the two games at the Westgate and that was it. What uh what were the lines like at the Westgate? All right, now let me tell you something else that pissed me off about the Westgate. <laughs> this is about the only thing I don't like. So, but this is this is a Chris problem, not an everybody else problem. Okay, I'm sure normal people this would not bother. I'm going to the West Cape, and I wanted to make all the prop bets because they've got a ton of prop bets. Right. And I write down about 15 prop bets that I want to make because because I can see what they are, but the lines have changed. They've got these little booklets that they put out, but the lines have all changed. So I'm trying to find them and watch the lines. They've got four huge boards. For betting lines. Okay. Three of those huge boards are taken up with college basketball and the NBA. One board has the two football games on today, and they scroll the lines all the time. Like one one set of like a whole board will be full for like five seconds, and then it'll flip, and a whole board will be full for five more seconds. So if you want to see props. You gotta watch the board, see when your line comes up, write it right down. I, this is a Chris problem, I have severe dyslexia. It drove me insane. I couldn't ever find the line I wanted, the number I wanted, what I was looking at betting, because it kept changing way faster than I could get it together. Like I said, that's a me problem. But for the Vikings game, I had a or for the Pats game, I had a ton of props that I wanted to play. I only got to play two. I wrote down six of them. Once the game kicked off, my buddy Josh went back, got the lines for what they would have been, what they were, wrote them down, 
we came back in, that would have broke me even on all my props had I got all the bets in. But I could only bet the two that I remember when I got to the window, and we were getting really close to the game kicking off, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to, to mess with it. I, I don't understand why you need three boards for college basketball and the NBA on the day of the NFC and AFC championship games. I just think that's bad management and bad planning. I, I think it is, too. I, I don't think that you would have seen that at most places. Um, I, I don't think there were a ton of NBA games that day. Why would you not scroll the NBA and college games? That, why, if you're going to scroll yeah. something, why not scroll games that, A, don't start for another three to four hours, and they had hockey lines, too. But, like, all of those games aren't starting until 7 o'clock Vegas time, not, you know, noon or 5 yeah, o'clock Vegas time. Not that, noon. Like, scroll those. Well, and you're not going to be getting nearly as much action on those games, right? That's right. Nobody, Nobody's betting those Sun Belt basketball games that were going on Sunday night. Yeah, that's, so, that's it, weird. Anyway, it, it were things like that that I was nitpicky about. Would I still go back? Would I still hang out at the Westgate? Absolutely. Okay, well, so it was it was a good experience. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to say all the things that were good about it because they're kind of like all the rest of the sports books. They do offer more props than everybody else. So if you want to bet a bunch of props, you go there. If you're looking for a great seat to watch the game in a stadium-sized atmosphere around a bunch of people, it's easier to get a seat there than it is at all the rest of them. Everywhere else, if you don't get there for a championship game or a Super Bowl game or a big game like that, or even like a normal NFL Sunday football, if you don't get there two hours before kickoff and sit and hold a seat, you don't get a seat. And, and so I would rather go to the Westgate, which is off the strip, take your little Uber ride, and go there than to stand at the MGM or Caesars or Bellagio or, you know, the Mirage. I, I'm not. I'm not interested in that. So, I remember going I'm, to the Hard Rock back in 2015, and I sat down and watched Alabama and Ole Miss. And it was one of those sec, like it was set up not like a theater. Uh, there were TVs all around, and it was set up where everybody had a desk. Right, you had your own spot. They had sheets available for you where you could put your your sheets down. And if you wanted to make bets, you just write it down on the sheet. You take it up to the counter. You don't have to talk. You just give them, you know, whatever the money is and whatever the bets are. And they enter it all in. They give you your uh, your pick sheets right there. And it was no problem. And it, it was it was pretty nice because they had two chairs for each desk. So if you and a buddy were up there, it was fine. Um, you know, it was, it was well, pretty nice. I'll tell you this. All of them still have that. The problem is, is when you get to these championship game weekends. Oh, it's impossible to get a seat. All, all of those, you're not getting a seat. Like that's the thing; they still have all them. Yeah. Those. And there's it's there's the a lot of people that, that are regulars Westgate that go up there. That, that's right. The Westgate has 1,500 seat theater that that blows everybody else out of the water when it comes to be just be able to handle the volume of people wanting to come to the sports book and watch a game. Yeah. That and makes the sense. only thing on in the theater is football. Like they're, Just they the don't game. have when you go into the normal sports book side of it, they've got the game on the biggest screen, but then they've got twenty other screens with twenty other things going on. And if you've got, you know, some crazy ADD like the buddy I brought, or, <laughs> you know, something like that, 
like it's really hard to concentrate on the football game. There's right. just too much going. On. You walk into this giant theater, you're not concentrating on anything but the football game. That makes sense. That makes so sense. So after seeing all the rest of them, and I've you know it's my you know third trip to Vegas. I've I've been there and I've seen some of the stuff. That that was the best experience. If I could just get that one dude to shut up during the game, I, I we have no problem. And here's what really pissed me off. Right as we were leaving um, from the second game to leave out early, they were tearing down the table that he was sitting at, and they were finished up for the night. It wasn't even halftime of the second game yet because they had given away all the prizes and everything like that. And I'm thinking, if we just got the damn late game, I'd have got to watch it in peace and listen to Romo call my game. <laughs> and have no problem. All these Eagles fans are going to get to enjoy this. Yeah. Instead of having to listen to this D-bag the whole time. So – Good anyway, I gracious. talked for a long time about about my my trip. It was fun. Vegas is an awesome. Time. I would say this: this is a great time of the year to go. A little chilly, but nothing crazy. You know, got down in the forties at night. Yeah, you know, sixties during the day. Not a huge and, tourist uh, time. No, nobody's there. The room was cheap. The airfare was cheap, and uh, which is why I was able to go. We had no problems the last minute getting reservations at the nice places we want to eat. Um, I, I am I am a fan of doing Vegas for a championship weekend. I like it. I like. I think you and I probably need to plan a trip for uh, for a college football Saturday. I've never been there during college football time. Yeah, we we need to definitely make that happen this year. So I I will have uh, I will have a little one running around the house. Well, probably not running at that point, but uh, but the wife uh, I brought this up to her before. She seemed cool with it. Had no problem with me going. Uh, for a dude's weekend, we uh, we may have to look into this. Well, it might have to be next year. That's I don't possible. Know if I can switch two trips in one year. That's that's entirely possible. I got some nice stuff. <laughs> maybe we can get a sponsor to uh, to to send us on that. But we'll we'll look into that. Oh. Let's let's go ahead and do a uh, let's do a two minute uh, commercial break right quick, and then we'll jump back into the breakdown of the games. Right. Any time of year is a good time for Winning Cures Everything shirts and apparel. we got logo designs in all sizes and in every SEC school's colors. Take a look at the different options on the website. Go to Winning Cures Everything and click on the store tab and access the official Winning Cures Everything store. This is Gary, host of Winning Cures Everything. If you're looking for affordable custom web design, business cards, brochures, and more, check out Kyle Seeger's designs at kyleseegers.com. Kyle offers full website design, monthly site maintenance, and content management system training. Remember, for all your web design needs, check out kyleseegers.com. That's K-Y-L-E-S-E-G-A-R-S.com. You wanted the best online sports book? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They've got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself. And then when you sign up, use promo code WCE50 for 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. Gary here. Thanks for listening to the show, and we appreciate your support with the podcast and the website. Here's how to keep up with Winning Cures Everything. Of course, you can see everything at winningcureseverything.com. On Twitter, we're at Winning Cures, or you can catch up with Chris at Chris B. Giannini, or myself at Gary WCE. You can subscribe to and review the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or any other podcast distributor. 
We're also at facebook.com slash winningcureseverything, or you can email us at winningcureseverything at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 551-226-9899. Again, email us at winningcureseverything at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 551-226-9899. All right, all right, we're back. Let's uh, let's jump into this thing, right? Um, it, wh- which one do you want to talk about first? You want to get uh, the Eagles get out of the way? The bo- yeah, let's get the boring one out of the way. Eagles 38, Vikings 7. Nick Foles went absolutely insane. I, I cannot stress enough how uncommon that actually is. It was... <sighs> I don't know how I don't know how to explain it. I don't I don't know what happened. Um looking at the numbers, uh, first downs were pretty even. So the Eagles had 27, the Vikings had 22. Um the total plays, the Vikings actually had more plays. They they ran 67 to 64. Uh third down efficiency, like that that'll that'll be a big thing. The Eagles were 10 out of 14. The Vikings were only six out of thirteen. Um, you don't happen to have yards per play up, do you? Yards per play, the Eagles were seven point one. Minnesota was five point zero, and that's just a big indicator. Yeah, and so so here's the other thing: uh, the passing yards three forty six for the Eagles to two sixty three for the Vikings, and a hundred and ten rushing yards for the Eagles to seventy for the Vikings. Not to mention the Vikings had three turnovers. So what got this whole thing started was a Case Keenum interception that came off of uh, a Derek uh, Barnett pass rush, right? So he he hurried the quarterback, uh, didn't get a good throw off. Keenum gets picked off. It is returned for a touchdown. The game is tied at that point, right? Because the Vikings came out like gangbusters and went right down the field, had a perfect touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. I thought it was over at that point. Like, did you agree? Like, once the Vikings went down and scored so easily, I thought, oh, Lord, like, this well, is going to be I bad. Definitely, I definitely felt real good about all my bets. But I here's my thing, and this is, this is where I ended up doing so poorly. Three out of the four quarterbacks that were playing Sunday had played way above their head all the way up till now in the playoffs. Okay. Well, Case Keenum had had basically played above his head uh, all year. And I bet against two of them, thinking surely one of them is going to come out and be, you know, the normal lackadaisical, not really that good, still a backup quarterback level guy. And I thought it might be Blake. I thought, and, and mainly because of how great he played the week before. I just we've never seen him have two great weekends in a row. Uh, Nick Foles looked pretty awful the week before against. Uh, oh God, who they even play? I don't even remember. That game was so forgettable. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> uh, the Falcons. Falcons. That was it. Yeah, like he just looked like a bumbling idiot, and that defense won that game for him. And I just thought I'm going to bet against both these guys. 
and hope that Case Keenum and the Vikings defense can can stay rolling and the Pats can get something going and and and, and cover a line. And I was just wrong. I was wrong. Both those, both Blake and Case, uh, Blake and Foles, played unbelievable. Both both of those guys were a superb. Young man. A superb. I cannot. Athlete. I cannot understand Doug Peterson coming out of nowhere and Andy Reid <laughs> disciple, which pretty much was Philly saying, "Man, we really wish we would have never fired Andy, but we can't hire Andy back." Chris, we lose you. Hey, you still there? The, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Did okay, yeah, there? we we had lost you for just a minute. Oh, Sweet no, mother no, no, no. of God, but, uh, what is the holdup? This was a situation where Philadelphia two years ago finally regretted that firing Andy. And they couldn't go hire him back for how good of a job he was doing and and all these other, you know, different reasons why you just you just can't go hire him back. When he was appreciated so in uh, he was appreciated yeah, in Kansas City. That's right. You're not taking him from Kansas City to go back to Philadelphia. So they went and hired the next best thing. His, his disciple, who he had taught to, to call plays or offense, <clears throat> excuse me, and who's been with him for years developing this offense. Right. And I, I just I just was not expecting him in his second year to outcoach a guy who I think is a top three, top five coach in the NFL, Mike Zimmer. And he absolutely did. That, that was not just the players weren't ready. That was a situation where – he just outcoached Zimmer the entire game. Well, he completely unleashed Nick Foles, right? And so at at that point, and I, I I wonder if it was maybe something that he saw with the Vikings, but he he called a lot of long passes, right? So like they they ran the ball effectively, but you know because they they ran thirty times, they had sixty four plays, and thirty of them were runs. And while they only got 3.7 yards per rush, I mean, the yards per pass was 10.2. Yeah. And he just opened the playbook and let Nick Foles throw the football. And I just I, – I haven't seen that much in the past few weeks. And I, I wondered if it was maybe, you know, a matchup thing that he saw or – and I asked you this question the other day, which I don't know that I necessarily agree with my own statement – but I almost wonder if maybe he was he was thinking they could win games just with their defense, and they were going to open up Nick Foles eventually. See, I just man, I cannot imagine. I I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can imagine stuff. it either. But like you're literally doing everything you can because if you try to if you try to get cutesy with it, and and one you know the Falcons get one touchdown, you got a five point lead. You lose the ball game. Yeah, and, and now you're at home, you know, questioning yourself and, and everything. So I, I just don't know if I don't know if these guys are doing that. I mean, I don't know if the, that's that's way too, I don't know, too strange. I agree. I agree. It was it was really strange that the defense of the Vikings the, that was the best defense in the country just just fell apart. Just stopped. Yeah, they they, they got the smoked. Run. They couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't stop it. They couldn't get a pass rush. So so here was one of the prop bets that I set on fire was <laughs> the over-under for total combined sacks in the game was four for both teams. 
Each team only got one apiece. I'm looking at these defensive fronts. I'm looking at these defensive lines thinking, how on earth do I not get four sacks? The Patriots alone got five sacks on Jacksonville, and they got the worst pass rush in football. Yeah. I couldn't I, – I could not understand, you know, how, how they weren't going to get sacks. And if you tell me the Eagles throw as much as they throw and the Vikings throw as much as they threw – and I'm still going to finish with two total sacks between the teams together. I I I, I just don't I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, I will say this: uh, because the Vikings got down so much, uh, Case Keenum is is the reason why they did not have as many sacks. Right? Uh, they only ran the ball 18 times out of 67 plays. Case Keenum threw the ball 48 times. But that should help my sack rate, right? Because that's what you would think. But he was able to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah. And and that's the yeah. thing. Like he he wasn't taking any chances on sacks. He was he was making sure that he got the ball out. And in all honesty, I mean the turnovers, the turnovers were because of the rush, right? Because of the pass rush. That's right. But it did it didn't yeah, it didn't help my bet. But it definitely helped them win the game. I, one thing, so let me talk about the Eagles for a minute. Okay. There's a player that I've been puffing up all year, and I don't understand. I don't know what he has to do. To, I know this part of the football because this is what I played. I didn't play a lot, but that's what I pay attention to because I know the ins and outs. Can I can Walker's I guess line. which player you're going to talk about? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Fletcher Those, Cox. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I saw I saw after the games, uh, in in Vegas they released like. Like some sports writers did, like a ranking or whatever. Fletcher Cox was tied with one other guy for thirteenth best defensive player of the year. And, and I know that Cam Cameron and, and and all you know, a couple of guys from Jacksonville and oh, had unbelievable years. The the beast from from the Rams, love those guys. Like they're they're all great. They're all great. None of them have had effects on game totally controlled a line of scrimmage with one person like he had all year long. But he doesn't put up stats. He doesn't put up numbers. He takes up space and he ruins your life. Well, he, he effectively and, makes it 10 on 9. Yo, I, I think there are times where he makes it 8 on 9. I, yeah. I watched the Vikings use three guys, double teams and then a chip. And he's still pushing the line backwards. Now he's not making the play. He's not making the tackle. But he's but blocking the line. He's he's taking yeah. up space. Yeah, it's a two. ten on eight. That's right. He's he's destroying people, and and it just it really bothers me that sports writers. I believe we're getting to a point of right because there was a day and a time where sports writers understood the game, and and the nuances in the game, not just oh this guy catches the ball a lot. He's got to be the best. Um, it, it really frustrates me that, that it seems like they're going to a point where they just want to be able to pick up a box score and, and give you all the information well, because sports, they're not actually watching Sports writers the are now faced with the same thing that, that we are with the website, right? With winningcureseverything.com, it's, you know, what gets clicks? And I don't know that Fletcher Cox necessarily brings in clicks the same way that, you know, Nick Foles does, right? So you see the name Nick well, Foles, no, but, you want to know what's right, going for, on. But, but for in defensive player of the year, when you're looking at guys like Cam Cameron and, you know, 
all these other dudes that that are getting you know nominated for that position, that he gets about the same TV time as those guys get. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, he's not J.J. Watt, but, I mean, if J.J.'s healthy, J.J. wins it every year. Why? Because all the sports writers know it. Yeah. Yeah, entirely right. Like he, he, yeah, he gives them a ton of time. I, I just get frustrated with that. Just watch the damn games and see this guy's a freak. See that he's a beast and he wrecks people's lives. Tell um, me tell me this. Let's, let's move over to the offensive side of the ball because I think that – we can agree that we believe that the Eagles' defense will show up on, on Super Bowl Sunday, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, so, yes. at that point, uh, first off, I'm going to guess that you are a little bit nervous about that, right? Yes. Okay. As a Pats fan, you, you can be nervous about the Eagles. Um, as a Pats fan, are you at all nervous about Nick Foles? Can, can he no. replicate what he just did? Nope. Not against your defense? Nope. And, and, and not against my defense being one of the worst playoff defenses in football. Nope. And let me tell you why. Blake Broyles looked like Joe Montana in the first half. Yeah. He looked like Carol Montana in the second half, okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you that Bill Belichick and the, 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 the rocket scientist and that defense is going to go into halftime and they're going to say, boys, we're getting our ass whipped. Now, how are they doing it? And they're going to come out and they're going to stop it. Yeah. I also think this, they're going to have a whole lot of game film as to what they just saw happen against Minnesota. That that Minnesota's not going to be able to use those tricks twice. Not against Bill and not against Matt. They, they just can't. Yeah. yeah. They I will think... be prepared for it. They won't stop them because we don't have the dudes to stop them. We don't have the pass rush to shut them down. But, but, but we won't allow that. And, and and I might be dead wrong. I might be standing here crying my eyes out. Alshon Jeffries and 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 this this misfit group of receivers. Nelson Aguilar is, is, is not yet. Yeah, those guys are not going to torch us. It, I just can't see now. Alshon's a stud. He's going to take Alshon away. After you take Alshon away, I just want to know what Nick had. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Let's let's go on and, and break down your Pats game uh, because okay. the Eagles game was uh, was pretty boring. Um, Pats win twenty four to twenty over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, first half it was uh, fourteen to ten at the half, and Jacksonville puts up six points the rest of the way. Uh, let me go on and tell you where I knew that the Patriots were going to win the ball game. And I, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guess first. You go on and guess, it, and I'll tell you when. Was it the delay of game, um, right after the Pats had a waste of timeout? Uh, you're talking about in the uh, in the second quarter. Yep. No, in the no, it was the third quarter. Was that the third quarter? Uh, it might have been the fourth quarter, but it was it was close either way to the end of the game. It was close yeah. Close I, I game, remember what you're talking. No, wait. The point that I knew that the Pats were gonna win is when there were 50-whatever seconds left and the Jags oh, had two timeouts and they came out and they took a knee. Yep. And I immediately realized that uh, Doug Marone is playing scared. Yeah. Like, he was not playing to win the game. He was playing safe, and you cannot do that in Foxborough. No. So he he wasn't going for the jugular. They They had a lead. 
it was not enough points. He should have known it was not enough points. And and while he did get up twenty to ten from fourteen to ten, you knew right when they had to kick that second field goal in the fourth quarter to go up twenty to ten instead of going and, and scoring a touchdown, you just knew. Like I think everybody in the world knew. I I texted you and told you that I I predicted the final score right yeah. at that point. It was yep. unbelievable to watch. It, listen to some of these stats, all right? Jacksonville had 374 yards to 344 for New England. Jacksonville held the football for 35 minutes and 8 seconds. New England had it 24 minutes and 52 seconds. New England had one turnover. Jacksonville never turned it over. Uh, passing yards? Uh, let's see. New England was 27 out of 39 for 298 yards. That's 7.1 per pass. <laughs> listen to Blake, uh, Blake Bortles. 23 out of 36 for 273 yards, no picks. No picks. So, and then, of well, course... Okay. So, the, all right, hang on. All right. let, me, let, me, let, me, let me speak to some of that, okay? Okay. I don't want to take anything away from Blake. He he played a great game. All right, now, this is not a knock on him. It was a very well-called game. Mean, it doesn't also mean that what I'm about to say is not absolutely true. The reason he was able to complete all those balls for all those yards and throw for zero interceptions is because 70% of the passes he threw was to a guy that was wide ass open. I agree. Okay. Nobody was covering him. Nobody. You and me could have made those throws because the closest guy was nine yards away. I don't know how it continually happened. It frustrated me to no end. But at the end of the day, that is not Blake being great. That was whatever Doug Marone was drawing up offensively was working, and the Pats could not stop it for the first half or for the third quarter. Agreed. Agreed. So, and, so, then, he, and so then he puckered his, up his a little bit in the fourth. Great, but, I mean, he dumped balls off to guys that were wide open. As far as the rushing yards go, Jacksonville had 101 yards rushing. New England had 46 so yeah, New England had 19. Well, once they got down, as much as they got down, they couldn't run the ball anyway. I mean, there's, there's no – they needed time, and they needed to be able to throw to stop the clock. Yes, agreed. All right, now listen to uh, to this stat, okay? Um, both teams had 22 first downs. New England had 16 passing first downs. So did Jacksonville. New England had three rushing first downs. Jacksonville had six. New England had three first downs from penalties, and Jacksonville Correct. had zero. Uh, third down New England led the, Go ahead. New England led the NFL this year in first downs for penalties. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which is a, a reason why everybody freaks out about the officials are on New England's side and blah, 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 blah. That's right. Um, That's right. All, that's all I've heard. So, and, and we'll never be able to get away from it, but it, I don't necessarily buy into it. I don't think the NFL is uh, – is trying to get New England in there, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, third down efficiency. Look, the Jags were 6 out of 15. New England was 3 out of 12. Normally, with these kind of stats, only 46 yards rushing, uh, you've got the, the only turnover, you've only got the ball for 24 minutes, you're only 3 out of 12 on third down. Normally... This loses ball games, and I think it's just another testament 
to to the fact that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the the greatest coach quarterback duo that we have ever seen in the NFL and that we will ever see in the NFL. I don't think anybody ever comes close to what they're doing. L- listen to this. I, I, I so completely, I, I completely agree, and I know I'm, I know I get called a blowhard for that, but I just don't know. I don't know how you how you argue against it. You I just you don't. can't listen. Listen to this. All right. So Tom Brady uh, did not play in his first season, and he did not play in the 2008 season. Right. So he has been eligible for 16 seasons. In those 16 seasons, he has played in 12 AFC Championship games, and he's played in eight Super Bowls. So 50% of the time, he is making it to the Super Bowl. 75% of the time, he is making it to the AFC Championship game. And he's 8-4 and four in the AFC Championship game. That is absolutely remarkable. I mean, it's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah, I know. And let's, once again, let's look at his cast of characters over that 16 years that he's had to work with. Name a Hall of Fame running back that he actually had to work with. And you don't have one. Name, name a great one. There's not because one. Because you can't even name, like, forget about Hall of Fame, just just a really, really good running back. I mean, are there, you going to tell ain't... me James White or Deion Lewis or, or no. uh, Rex no, Burkhead? To, or... to, to, yeah, to, to Falk back in the day. Um, yeah. You know? Like, Kevin no. Falk I mean, no, and uh, Legarrette Blunt, who who is making yeah. it back to another Super Bowl, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but no, but these guys are really good football players, but they're not great. They're not great. No, you got not Teddy Bruschi and Mike Brabel. You got you know Ty Law. You had some really good defensive players, but but not not a lot of them are going to put on a gold jacket. Okay, now you're they're right. Just not. You're right. Now, it is offense, remarkable. The receiver position, which actually helps the the quarterback. Other than the two years that he had to play with Randy Moss, one of which he got hurt and didn't get to play with Randy. So one year he played with Randy. Other than Randy, and then we all kind of assume Gronk will probably be in the Hall of Fame maybe one day because he plays tight end and he's a freak. Name he's got to stop getting hurt <laughs> so he can put up enough stats. Yeah, but Gronk, yeah, Gronk might not ever see it. So other than the one year he had with Randy, which they were the most unstoppable force in all of sports, what 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 wide receiver would be classified as great? I I worship what Danny Amendola does and what Julian Edelman does for that team. I I love those guys to no end. Those guys would not they they would be nobodies on just about everybody else's roster. Well, so you you it saw what Wes Walker was when um, when he left, right? Well, and that's with Peyton Manning. Like, it's not like he left and went to some chump. Yeah. You know? He went to another great guy and was still just okay. Wait, think about uh, uh, Chris Hogan, right? Hogan's the same way. Yeah, same way. You know, if Edelman keeps getting hurt or Amendola can't, you know, Amendola almost didn't make the roster this year, you know? (laughs) Which is just remarkable. Just unreal. So I'll tell you this. Third. Yep, Chris, we got you. And they they announced Gronk. Yeah, I'm I'm still here, brother. Okay, you 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 you, you uh, went went silent for a minute. Go back and say what uh, whatever you were saying. All I was saying was was it, when we're going into the third quarter, they finally announced Gronk is officially out. Right. Couple of things. First, it sickened me to hear the crowd 
cheer. Not because that's my guy, but that's that's just sick, man. We got to take head injuries seriously. And let me tell you something. I'm actually really proud of, of my team, my Patriots, for saying this is the AFC Championship game. You go to the Super Bowl, 30 other teams at least would have put that guy back in the game. Yeah, I believe that. And I that. think the Pat said, we can't do it. If we're going to take the – and it would have been hypocritical of me to say put that guy back in the game because I see guys get their face smashed in every week and then they go in that little blue tent, they blow their nose, and they come out and they're like, I'm fine, coach, and they go right back in. And I look at them and I say, this is not good for the game. This is this is not the way this is supposed to be done. They're making a joke of something that's supposed to be serious. Yeah. And I, I looked at my partner and I said, Gronk's done. And he was like, "Oh no, it's the AFC Championship game. He'll be back after halftime." It doesn't matter. I said, "I don't." I said, "I don't." I said, "I don't want him to come back. I want us to win this game. I need us to win this game, but I, I don't want him. I don't want to see Grant come back because that kid's life's ahead of him, and these guys are dying real young. I don't. I don't want to see him end up like Junior Seau, blowing his brains out. You know, at, at at fifty, that's crazy. I'm not. I'm not interested in that. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And and I'm really proud of the fact they didn't put him in, and they kept him out. And, and I, you know, that says something. But as soon as they announced he's officially out, I looked over at Josh and I said, listen, remember his name, Danny Amendola. And there's a Vikings <laughs> fan sitting about three seats in front of us that turned around and laughed. and was like, that guy's a porcelain, you know, glass, whatever. He's never going to stay healthy. He can't make a big play. Ha, ha, ha. Your team is done. Just get over it. Like, just Come get on. over yourself. It's game day, Start baby. Wake up or get out. I, I kind of kept cool. He was probably a early 60s, late 50s dude. So I just kind of kept my calm and, and, and just let him go on about his business. Yeah. And every big play that Danny made, I just stood up. Danny Amendola over <laughs> and over and over. The third and, and 18, the touchdown, the touchdown, the, oh, man, all that, oh. all that. So the final touchdown pass, the guy sitting in front of me, it's stadium seating. Okay, so I'm standing up behind him. Okay. I'm a big, I am the biggest dude that I know. I'm overshadowing this guy by a lot. I'm standing over him, and I get real close to his chair, and I just let out the biggest, loudest laugh. I have laughed <laughs> in all my time. I'm just laughing. Oh, and that's I terrible. I finally composed myself, and I just said, Danny. Amendola. And he just looked at me and he was like, man, I ain't never seen that guy play. And I was just like, how you going to talk crap? You never even watched the He's game. never just seen him just play? Get on out of here. Get on out of here. He's been making plays for years. No, he was making plays with the Rams under Jeff Fisher's crappy offense. Get exactly. There was a time I wanted to punch somebody in Vegas. That was it. Like, <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't. That, that no, way you no, got no. back to town. Fine. I'm not a vibe. Island, man you know that but anyway the pats they they just have this unrelenting will to just not go away um one of the guys that was all pissed off up there that i heard talking that he's dropped on you know he had the red ass going on all upset that the pats lost uh, won and he he did say something that made me made me kind of chuckle he said bill belichick and tom brady are like the herpes of the nfl every time you think <laughs> you got him licked that cold sore just pops right back. It up. comes right back. He just keeps on coming back. And I laughed at that. I thought that was a good line. I well, that, that's him. how I knew because it, as soon as the Jags took a knee, 
with 50-whatever seconds left and then took another knee and then went to the locker room. I knew. I, I, like, you cannot have that mindset against the Patriots. You can't play it safe. Like, you got to kill them when you got a chance. And, and they didn't They didn't do it. They never got a big enough lead that would make you believe that the game was over. And And Tom Brady did what he does, like what he's always done. It just blows my mind why people think, you know, that that he's not going to come out and make plays. I, I, I he's going to find a way to figure it out. I'm just I'm ready to watch a game where he doesn't have to. That matters. I'm ready to watch a big game. I'm ready to watch the Super Bowl, and that not matter. Yeah, yeah. But. Me too. Me too. We got a lot that we are going to get to on Sunday night. Uh, for now, though, we're going to go on and uh, and get out of here. We'll uh, we'll see everybody again on. You know what? I think we're gonna we're gonna eventually get this to where it's Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, right? Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. But yes, that'll that's probably the best way. That's to do it. that's the plan. I think this week we'll do Sunday night, and then we'll do another Wednesday night and Super Bowl Sunday. I'm I don't know that we're going to do anything after the game. So we may have to wait until the Monday on that one. But eventually we will get back to a regular schedule. We will have two a week at least. And, and if there are emergencies and whatnot, then we'll we'll jump in on that. Um, but for now, we'll go on and get out of here. And, uh, and we'll be back on Sunday night. Sound good, Chris? Yeah, man. Absolutely, buddy. I will catch up with you later on. See ya. For the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You can follow me at Chris B G N N E C H R I S B G I A N N I N I. You can also email the show that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.